Welcome to the Food Guides Podcast, a place where sufferers of heartburn, acid reflux, and more can learn from a community of dietitians and nutrition experts. Hello, Jason, and welcome everyone to the Food Guides Podcast. Today we are going to talk about visceral hypersensitivity and IBS. Recently on foodguides.com, one of our expert contributors wrote an article on the interconnectedness of IBS and visceral hypersensitivity. And today we are going to highlight some key points from that article. If you go on any social media platform, you'll likely find lots of content surrounding the mysterious exclusionary diagnosis of IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. In general, those who are affected by it are frustrated, angry, or resigned because they don't know what else can be done about their symptoms. Typically, they've been to their conventional medical providers and have had multiple tests ordered and completed, blood tests, x-rays, CT scans, ultrasounds, or even more invasive procedures like endoscopies, yet are told their test results are normal or show no signs of disease. Sometimes they are told that their experiences are all in their head and placed on mental health medications. Then they turn to social media in the hopes that they can just get a little bit of relief from the pain and other symptoms that are disrupting their lives. The latest topic of interest surrounding IBS seems to be visceral hypersensitivity. Before we deep dive into the relationship between irritable bowel syndrome and pain, specifically visceral hypersensitivity, it's important to understand a little bit of the background on what is actually known about IBS from the literature and why it's important. Functional gastrointestinal disorders are common worldwide, and IBS is a functional GI disorder. Functional disorders refer to medical changes to the functioning of a body system rather than body structure. These disorders affect more women than men, and it is estimated that approximately 40% of people with IBS are affected with these disorders globally, and about 25 million Americans are diagnosed with one or more functional GI disorder. People affected by functional GI disorders typically experience chronic, recurring gastrointestinal issues like diarrhea, constipation, bloating, abdominal pain, vomiting, or indigestion. In fact, functional GI disorders are often associated with other chronic functional disorders such as chronic pain syndromes like fibromyalgia, psychological diagnosis like depression or anxiety, or chronic fatigue syndrome. This doesn't mean that everyone with a functional disorder has visceral hypersensitivity, but there is quite a bit of overlap. You first need a basic understanding of pain and its complexities. Pain is subjective and often difficult for patients to describe. There are many ways to classify pain, and to keep it simple, here are key concepts. One, by duration, acute, which is short-term, less than three months, or chronic, which is greater than three months. Second, by causes, such as nociceptive, which is caused by external damage to body tissue, or neuropathic, 
which is caused from damage to the actual nervous system. Or three, by location of origin, somatic or visceral, both of which are types of nociceptive pains. Somatic pain usually involves tissues like skin, joints, or muscles. Or visceral pain begins in the internal organs of the thoracic and abdominal cavities. This includes your heart, lungs, stomach, intestines, gallbladder, pancreas, liver, bladder, reproductive organs, etc. The Cambridge Dictionary defines hypersensitivity as a condition in which the immune system reacts in an extreme way. In other words, it's an increased sensation to stimuli. So when you hear the words visceral hypersensitivity, think of it as a complex pain or discomfort that is arising from somewhere in the gut because of some stimuli. What does it feel like to have visceral hypersensitivity? Those with visceral hypersensitivity feel uncomfortable from the sensations coming from the organs of the digestive system. To work properly, a normal pressure is exerted in the GI tract as fluids, gas, and digested food particles move downward. And this pressure on the internal organs causes pain in visceral hypersensitivity. This pain is often described as nonspecific or diffuse, meaning it's hard to identify the exact place the pain arises, which can sometimes confuse the brain too. Sometimes the pain radiates to other places, which can make pinpointing the exact location difficult for providers. Have you ever had your practitioner apply small amounts of pressure onto your abdominal cavity? When they do this, they're testing your visceral pain threshold. If you feel some discomfort with the exerted pressure, chances are you have visceral hypersensitivity. Those with normal organ functioning would not experience any unpleasant sensations. The perception of pain by the individual is a key factor in why IBS patients experience so much frustration from their providers. The internal pain signaling pathways are complex and challenging, which is why there's no good way to diagnose it. But it makes the threshold for pain in those with visceral organs lower than what you would normally expect. Now that we know what visceral pain is, what is causing it? This is something that's still being investigated. There have been multiple studies and the latest research seems to relate visceral hypersensitivity to stress. Stress can be a trigger for pain. Stress also influences the gut microbiome and immune responses. The communication between the gut and brain has been well documented. There's signaling between the brain's nervous system and the enteric nervous system, which is why you may sometimes hear that your gut is your second brain. The gut has nerve cells throughout, and these are activated by different types of signals, including inflammation, stretch or distension, food, etc. When the nerves become excited or perceive a threat or stress repeatedly, they communicate this through the nerve endings, which either slows or speeds up the digestive process. 
If overstimulation and excitement occurs too frequently, pain or illness can result. Let's talk about the factors involved in visceral pain. Number one, the gut microbiome. Some of the evidence shows that patients with IBS have different microbial friends inhabiting their gut. This can lead to dysbiosis, where instead of everyone playing nicely together, some of the species become bullies and take over. Number two is genetics. Some people are more prone to hypersensitive pain responses due to their genes. Number three is enhanced intestinal permeability or leaky gut. The intestines are lined with a mucosal barrier. Degradation of this protective barrier from continuous toxins, stress, and heavily processed foods can cause inflammation, which allows folds to form. When this occurs, the microbial byproducts and inflammatory agents penetrate into the bloodstream, induce nerve activation, and eventually signal the release of stress hormones. And number four is stress. In IBS, stress is a critical provocation for visceral hypersensitivity. When stressed, we activate molecules and hormones that affect GI motility and eventually can alter the gut microbiome. Whether psychological or physical, with or without environmental effects, stress is harmful to the gut and body. Chronic stress causes overactivation of the nervous system and can affect the perception of pain. As you can see, all of these factors are cyclical, resulting in the perception of pain from the persistent stimuli. Now, how can you manage visceral hypersensitivity in IBS? The good news is that researchers are still conducting studies. The best way to tackle this is through a holistic, multimodal approach that involves both traditional and alternative approaches. While there is no cure at this moment, there are things that can improve quality of life and symptoms of visceral hypersensitivity and IBS. Diet is a huge component. The standard American diet is linked to the development of functional GI disorders, and the low FODMAP diet can help decrease gut dysbiosis since it reduces certain carbohydrates that are difficult for some people to digest. This diet may reduce some of the burdensome gut symptoms. Adequate sleep and exercise can improve GI symptoms. Sleep hygiene and sleep routines can help put the body in the rest and digest mode it needs. Exercising for 30 minutes at least three times per week can help your mood, improve sleep quality, and decrease stress. Probiotics may help with the altered microbiome and improve symptoms. While there are various strains, these are generally regarded as safe. As you may be aware of, many with visceral hypersensitivity and IBS are placed on pharmacological agents like antidepressants. Although many people assume that the prescribing of these agents 
is for their mood disorder, the reality is that the gut-brain axis makes a great case for these. If your pain thresholds are enhanced by psychological factors, antidepressants and other nerve pain medications target these pathways to either numb the pain signals or raise the pain threshold. Since many of these affect transit time in the digestive tract, it is important to review the GI side effects prior to taking them. The mind is very powerful. Reprogramming the neural or brain pathways has helped many people with their pain and other conditions. Therapies like acupuncture, biofeedback, hypnosis, cognitive and behavioral therapies, and or psychotherapy have all shown promising results. Our team of health and nutrition experts at foodguides.com are here to support our community of GERD, acid reflux, IBS sufferers, and those following the low FODMAP lifestyle. Keep up to date with foodguides.com on our social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at foodguideshelp. And head over to foodguides.com to join our weekly newsletter for more bite-sized information straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening to the Food Guides podcast. Please take some time to visit us at foodguides.com where you'll find articles and information along with food and product recommendations from our growing community of dietitians and nutrition experts. Thank you.